Hey, you know what I believe? I believe that every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible and I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast and here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. And this week I am speaking with Jemima Ashley, the amazing Jemima Ashley, actually. She's a global authority on positioning. She's an international keynote speaker, MC, podcaster, ton of things, named top 10 female entrepreneur in Australia, international uh, bestseller of the book Position Me. She's a global thought leader in over 70 countries and got a reach of 6.3 million through social media and podcasting. And she's a co-host of uh, the podcast Business Experiment and Women Aren't Funny. Well, I think they are, but anyway, uh, she's a she's a board member of the Hope Project and co-founder of Who Run the World. Uh, she's also the owner of Tang's Design Jewelry Company, and her she has had her work uh, featured on media such as Huff Post, Qantas, Business Chicks, Mamma Mia. Financial Review, Women of Influence, NBC News, Marie Claire, just stacks of stuff. She's really in the know. She's, um, like I said, a positioning expert and we can't, I can't wait to get into this to give you some tips on positioning and see what's happening. So Jemima, how are you going? Good. Can you follow me around and just intro me <laughs> every time I enter a room? Like it, when you were saying that, I'm like, geez, I'm tired. There's a reason I need a nap every now and again. <laughs> Do you know yeah, that is all true. Everyone's asking me that. Can you can you just come with me, please, and introduce me? So just need to record that and be like, let's let's just do this. <laughs> well, I love introductions. I you know I think that. You know, sometimes people read out introductions and it's just kind of like they're just blandly reading it off a page and I, yeah. I kind of think, oh man, you know, get some excitement. So I'm excited to have you and I'm excited that, you know, you're doing all these amazing things and I, I think it should be celebrated. So it's, and we should tell people that it's, you know, quarter past seven at night and we're both a bit tired. So if we get a bit sloppy in our, slurry in our speech, well, you know, people I'm are not gonna... drinking. So, oh, I okay. Mean... <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> not, not yet. I mean, we'll see how the podcast plays out. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome aboard. Really good to have you. And I suppose we can, um, you know, start by you telling us who is Jemima? Uh, what got you on the journey to ending up being the positioning expert and, you know, all of that cool stuff. So over to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Such a, who, you know, I spent a lot of time saying, who is Jemima Ashley? Um, what, what is she? So, uh, yeah, so I'm, um, I'm a real country girl. I grew up in a really similar area. We lived in the same area for a long time. I grew up in um, East Gippsland in Victoria and, um, you know, my parents had like a cattle farm and worked kind of menial um, blue collar jobs and look, nothing extraordinary about my childhood to lead me down this path at all. Um, I ended up going into law enforcement actually for 10 years wow. and 
found myself um, at sort of hitting about the age of 30 and I was burnt out all the time. And I mean, there's a real reason for that in law enforcement because like no one's ever having a great day. You've mm-hmm. either got a victim, you've got an offender, you've got cl- like calamity because of the the, cult, the um, community impact. And I was working in a federal environment. So we're talking about massive things like human trafficking and oh. people smuggling. And we're talking about like big shipments of drugs, which will have huge ripple effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I'm really tired. And so I had a bit of a chance encounter. I was in New York City and I met a guy who was a silversmith in my jewelry and I sat with him for an afternoon and suddenly I realized I'm like, I need to make jewelry. So I came back to Australia um, and I, I built a little jewelry desk in my office and I sort of started to learn to make jewelry and then really threw myself into learning about business. Originally, it was just meant to be for me and maybe a couple of friends and suddenly it becomes this side hustle that was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it got to the point where I had to make a choice and I was like I'm gonna bet on myself and then it was a really natural progression I started to learn about business I threw myself into podcasts I learned about I learned every blog that came out like Gary Vaynerchuk and I basically were attached at the laptop um I was reading business books I was digesting everything I could get my hands on and within three months I could give really solid business advice Wow. Very quickly because of how much I was consuming. And I was like, and then people were asking me questions like, how did you do this? And I was going to networking events and I thought, I'm going to start a podcast. That's what I'm going to do. It's going to be really good. I'm a good writer, but I'm a better speaker. And the next minute we had like the number three business podcast. It was very natural progression, Wow. but it was within sort of six months, everything had changed. Wow. And is that the business experiment podcast? Yeah. So Siobhan Joyce and I went, um, she was a, she's also a Gippsland girl. We um, started that together. So that went for 18 months. We did that for about 18 months and it got to sort of the end of that timing. And we'd done amazing things. We'd interviewed like um, the likes of like Lisa Song Sutton, who's now currently running for Congress in the US. Daniel Flynn, the creator of Thank You. We had had, Tracy Spicer on the podcast. We'd had these amazing, amazing kick-ass people, but we were just repeating the same stories. Like after you've podcasted every week for 18 months, we just weren't adding a lot to the conversation. Mm. And so we decided to leave the party after 18 months to like, we had a lot of very upset people. Like we had about seven, we're getting about a reach of about 7 million people per podcast. And then we were like, okay, cool. By the way, next week's our final podcast. Love you. And our inbox just exploded. Wow. And you probably don't think you were bringing much, but, you know, it's it's not even just about the content. You know, I think that when you have a podcast, you know, when uh, that goes for that long, people mm. are feeling connected to you. You know, people are feeling like you're part of the family, like they know you, and it's kind of this grieving process when you yeah, start. Yeah, we absolutely had that. And it was because it, the third, first 10 minutes of every podcast, you know, it was formulaic and it's probably the one lesson I'll give you everyone about business is like, you have to figure out the formula for it and Mm. you have to figure out the process because there's no point, um, jumping right to the end and talking about SEO if you don't have your website sorted, right? (laughs) Like you have to have things in the right order. And we did a podcast where we had an introduction and then we spoke for a couple of minutes about what was going on. How's business, how's life. And then we introduced the topic. Yeah. So every, for at least five minutes a week, people saw that and then they got directed to our social media and we just did a really good representation of what we're up to and just mm. really honest about it. And we had fun doing it. Um, and so it was suddenly like people were like, whoa, why did you guys end this? And we're like, well, we love you guys, but 
we're not adding more value from that and you can find us in other channels. And that's where for me sort of positioning really started. And I figured out the formula of what I'd done for the last two businesses, which had, you know, boomed the jewelry business was still going very well. The podcast has exploded and I was like, let's teach people how to do this again. Hmm. It's got to be replicatable and it turns out it is. So the, the formula that you're talking about, you, you do offer some services under your own name. You know, you've got, of course, you've got a positioning business and you teach people how to do that. So what sort of the other things do you offer under that banner? So the sort of the big kind of five fundamental things that I look at is like, what is your business? Firstly, because you have to have a good business, right? Like if you rang me and like, I've got a pet treat business. Great. Well, there's dozens of those. What's different about yours, right? Yeah. We have to have something unique. And then we look at um, how's your social media? How are you telling people about it? And if you don't have social media now and you don't have a Facebook and an Instagram and running all of that, um, not only can you not win the game, you're not even on the board mm. <laughs> at that point, right? Yeah. So the next one is having a look at your people. Who's around you? Who are you surrounding yourself with? So Jim Rohn, who's sort of our fi- the founding father of all things personal development, um, is famously quoted as you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. So if you're hanging around with really, really amazing, epic people, you are going to do amazing, epic stuff. Yep. It's really that simple. And then we look at things like what your PR and your media look like. How are you letting people know about what you're doing? That's where we start to look at your social media again. But how do we get your social media on top of other people? Mm, fantastic. Well, people should go and uh, have a look at your website anyway, which we'll say at the end of the – well, it's jemimaashley.com, but we will <laughs> we will go back to that at the end. But Super and, complicated to remember, right? <laughs> very hard. But, <laughs> but, you know, go and have a look because, um, you know, see what kind of programs there are. I know that Jemima does mentoring and that sort of stuff. So, you know, really helpful stuff to get you uh, on track and to really start branding yourself. Now, what sort of challenges were you confronted with? You, you've, you've kind of laid your stake in the ground, you know, like this is me and this is where I stand. Now, what kind of things got in your way doing that, trying to How do that? How much time have you got? Oh, you know, 100 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, look, it's, you know, it, it, and it's a huge jump. So there were, there were so many challenges. Like to, for anyone to sort of say I've had success and say oh, there wasn't, it wasn't that difficult is lying, mm. firstly. And you have to remember that without, you know, you look at the epic, Kobe Bryant, he he missed more shots than he ever got. We just don't talk about that. You have to remember that there's some thing of value here. So the first kind of real moment that I noticed there was a bit of pushback coming was when I left um, law enforcement. So I made this decision. I'm out. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna quit my job, my very very stable six figure income to go and make jewelry. This is. <laughs> jarring for everyone but the biggest person was my dad he was like are you all right honey do you want to have a holiday (laughs) do you want to come home for a little while and it was like no and unfortunately my friend Andy was a person who dealt with the brunt of that one day where he sort of sat back and it was kind of the first time I really made the decision that I was gonna stop justifying my life choices Mm. and so we're having lunch and it was this thing that we did every Sunday when I lived in Canberra and we're sitting around a table and He's like, so explain this to me. You worked in law enforcement. You had a jewelry business and then you started a podcast. Just explain it to me. And I was like, no. Because it was like the hundredth person who said to me, explain your life choices. And I was like, I'm not going to apologize to my stuff anymore. So that was kind of the first real moment where I was like, I'm going to find my voice here Mm. and get used to it. You know, the other one was obviously just money. 
yeah. straight away you end up with a massive def- deficit of money coming in. And someone out there one time wrote something like, if you're going to quit your job, you need three months savings to get you through till you start making money in a business. Yeah. True, Bullshit. false. 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 You need 12 months. Yeah. yeah. At least. Because in the first week that I quit my job, my laptop died and my car got written off. <laughs> so that... my like little nest egg of $17,000 suddenly became four. I was like, I'm in a lot of trouble right now. That little bugger so, you know, had... Murphy turns my... up when he's not supposed to, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Irish. Um, so this is this is the problem. Was like this was, And the next thing, obviously, was the pushback of just being female. Straight mm-hmm. away in, in an extremely male-dominated. That wasn't surprising to me. I knew that was coming. I had worked in law enforcement. I'm not silly here. I knew mm-hmm. what was coming. But also because I was unapologetic about it. And I was like, well, actually... <laughs> This is not accurate. And, you know, we live in an ever-changing landscape, particularly in business. Like, you can have conversations with people who work at Instagram and Facebook and you can still know more than them because their algorithms are ever-changing. So I was having conversations with people who'd be like, well, hashtags, you can only have 20. I'm like, actually, you can have 30. Just so you know, like, you don't know that that's true. I'm like, I absolutely know that that's true. And I had people who thought or were telling me that they knew better than I did. Mm. And I had to really learn how to trust myself very early on in that process from that self-doubt and from the doubt of other people, but also accepting that this was going to be a difficult process because everything took a lot longer than I thought it was going to. Mm. It was a lot more challenging. And there were days where I was like, I just want to quit today. I'm just going to go and eat some chicken and hide under a bed because what the hell was I thinking? Mm. (laughs) So, you know, these really regular so how did you bring you back? How just how did you bring your, yourself back from those times when you you thought this is too hard? I can't do it. You know, I'm just screw this. I give up. How did you get yourself back on top of that? Yeah. So it's an actual phenomenon that's now being studied, which I love, and I'm grateful that I found this information out. So um, for me, how I always bring myself out of funks is twofold. One, I give myself some time because never make about like never make a big life choice based on an emotional feeling. Mm. That is a big thing that I'm here. I'm so passionate about. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is with that is sometimes you just need to give yourself some space and that can just be tools down mm. for me. That's just like close the laptop. I'm going to have a nap, watch the Simpsons or family guy, whatever you, you know, whatever floats your boat, just have some time. Mm. Yep. And the second thing is educate yourself. Yeah. Know what the hell is going on. So when I learned about this actual phenomenon, it's called the entrepreneurial dip. And it talks around, we have to have these, we don't get, if you're going to live a a life of like 1% and you want to be one of the 1% of the people in the world who only have to earn about $280,000 to be part of that, right? Mm. To the actual 1% of the world. You're going to want to be in that. You're going to have to deal with some some bad stuff as well. If you want the audacity to do that, you have to have some some rough times. You have to. It's you know you can't have good without bad, and you can't have bad without good. Mm. So expect that it's going to be a little bumpy. It's going to have to be. But learn about what's happening and why it's happening, and make sure that you don't get yourself back in that position again. Mm. So the entrepreneurial dip. It's really easy to exit when you're in the middle of the dips but just hold on a little bit longer. And that's where things like business coaches, getting a good support network around you, getting good people around you, finding podcasts yep. that talk about the real, having people acknowledge this is shit and it's allowed to be. Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and no rain, no rainbow. You know, everyone yeah, wants the absolutely. sunny sunny side. But um, you know, and at, at the end of the day, you, these people who say she was an overnight success, he was no—that's bullshit. You know, that <laughs> does it. They've fallen flat on their face that many damn times. Yeah. But it's it's about getting back up. You know, I did a talk a few, few a couple of weeks ago to a leadership group about resilience, and I think that there's a you know, I, I kind of look at resilience a bit different. A lot of people say, get back on your bike. But you've sort of said it exactly how I think too. Sometimes you've got to just stay off the bike just for a little bit. You know, you just yeah, got to just let yourself rest. And sometimes we're actually on the wrong bike, you know. And if you, oh, don't, yeah. if you don't take that time to reflect and really sit back and just give it a bit, give it a moment, you know, you, you never notice that you're on the right wrong bike. You're riding around without a seat. You know, it's, it's not the most comfortable place, is it? Yeah, and I think this comes down to the more that you know about this stuff and the more that you – and, you know, I can sit here and say, if you're in the first year of business right now, I can give you all the advice under the sun, but until you're ready to hear this advice, yeah. then there's no way. Like, people that have been in two to three years will be listening to this going, I understand exactly what you're saying. You have to have a bit of skin in the game for this and have an understanding that this is terrible. This also contributes to the heart failure rate of entrepreneurs and startups because people have these exits and like, I just don't want to do this anymore. It's too hard. And I mm. get that. Believe me, I get that. Um, but it is one of those things you just have to kind of acknowledge. Like we can have bad days, but when you know more about this, you can also learn about alignment and learn about not to get too uh, woo-woo or too um, universal energy kind of out there because that's not really my stuff. But when you learn about that we are all energy and that we are all these things, if you're if it feels like you're pushing a rope mm. or it's difficult all the time, you're on the wrong path. Exactly, yep. Every time. And you can't see that when you're trying to push a rope up a hill. And I use that that analogy because like, if you pull it, it's so much easier, right? Pushing a rope up a hill is ridiculous to think about. <laughs> like, cause mm. just be pushing, like pulling a rope up a hill or carrying it is a lot better. And often we can get stuck in the, this is how it's always been done mm. and go Google the five monkeys. It's a really interesting um, study that was done by San Diego university. Again, no, no learn, like learn as much as you can. Cause it'll just make your life so much easier. Mm. But, um, you have to know when you're out of alignment and often, you know, the universe is trying to save you from yourself. If something's not working, you need to st- step back and have a look and figure out why. Mm. I agree. And it's not, you, you meant to work hard, but it's not meant to be hard work. You know, it's a, oh, yeah. a real difference between the two. And you can feel when it's hard work. It's just you, like you say, you know, I always say pushing on a brick wall when there's a door right next to you, you know, you don't notice the door. Yeah, exactly. If you stop and you step back for a second, you're like, I'm just going to have a rest. And then suddenly you look up again, you're like, oh, there's the door. I'm an idiot. And it's exactly that. Like you stand back at this rope that you've been pushing for months and go, is there another way I could do this? And you can't do that. And it it goes back all into things like the shower principle, you know, your best ideas. Like for me, um, you know, the best ideas come when you kind of turn your mind off a little bit and you're going through the motions. This is why sometimes when you drive into work, you're like, I figured out the thing. (laughs) It's because your brain is kind of relaxing and sitting in the background. Mm. This is why meditation is said to be one of those amazing things for entrepreneurs. This is why um, I get massages and I never get a massage less than 90 minutes ever. Mm, yum. Because it takes half an hour for me to chill out. And then for the next hour, I can sit there and actually just turn my brain off. And that's where my good ideas come from. Mm. Well, I get an hour, but you're making me jealous. 
But anyway. You need to do 90, Karen. It's going to change your life. <laughs> I'm serious. If you don't walk out of there and just ring me and be like, I figured the thing out. Trust me, <laughs> the best things have come out of that. Oh, shit. I might start doing that. <laughs> so in that last lot of stuff you just said why many, many, many times. Now tell us, what is your big why? So my big why is extremely simple. World Health Organization last year released statistics that said 97% of female-led startups will fail in the first five years. Mm. That is twice the rate of our male counterparts. And don't get me wrong, they're not out of the woods either, Mm. but it's a real problem. Why? So, well, I'm asking well, so many reasons. One, the buy-in for entrepreneurship has never been smaller. If you've got a you know, hundred bucks and an iPhone, you're good. Mm. You can start a business, quite frankly. If you, um, and people don't expect the amount of work and we look at Instagram and fake book in these scenarios, people that are entrepreneurs make it look very easy. Mm. They do not see the 18 hour days to become the overnight success for 10 years. Yep. Let's be very clear because, you know, a, a race is never run one in the arena. It's one in the, the hours that you don't see. Yep. So, um, you know, people just underestimate it. They overestimate what they can achieve in one year. They underestimate what they can do in five. Mm, true. So all of these things are a huge part of it. The other thing is just females. We still do 80% of all the stuff in the households. Yep. We buy the milk. We get the... Um, and I'm talking very heteronormative kind of relationship roles here, but we do more cleaning, we do more cooking, more childcare. It's 80% across the board. Mm. So not only are we having to basically manage a household, still most of us having nine to five job and try to do a side hustle in the time, we can only do this for so long before we will actually burn out. So women are just like, after 12 months, I can't do this anymore. And it's really fair. Mm. And, and I think that... Um... You've told me once, and uh, and and <laughs> this has never left me. You said so. So some females do make it, you know, and and all females yeah, could absolutely. make it, almost could, if we didn't have all these other challenges that that's absolutely. constantly competing with that time. But somebody sat you sat on the opposite table to you once. I remember you telling me this is just a, such a clanger, a male, a male, and mm, looked you I in the eye. Another story you're about to tell. Oh, I know. <laughs> And, well, you say, what did he say? Looked you in the eye and he said? So we met a business coach. So let me paint the scene. I'm in San Diego. I've been presenting. We're doing this kind of roundtable discussion. And we're talking like the business people in this room are all on high six, seven figures. are all killing it, right? Have released books, are international bestsellers, are speakers. Like, these people are not messing around. Mm. We're sitting at a table. I have flown to San Diego. Like, I'm tired I'm standing up. It's day three of this conference and we're in this little table. And there's like 10 people and there are three women of seven dudes, right? And the women are killing it. I cannot explain more how much they're killing it. We'll sit at this table and this guy, I'm talking about podcasting or social media or something that I'm really passionate about. And he's like, yeah, but you're talking about females. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, honey, honey, honey. And he put his hand up to me oh. and he said, honey, female entrepreneurs aren't a real thing. They don't make money. Oh, my God. <laughs> I swear to God, I almost jumped the table. And I just watched my business coach look at me and he just put his hand up like, I've got this. <laughs> like, please don't fight somebody. <laughs> and the three girls have all locked each eyes on each other. And we were like, we're done. And that's how Who Run the World was formed. Like, this becomes this thing. And, you know, we started this last year. I'm really passionate about it. 
and then all hell broke loose. Like one of the girls got pregnant. I was going through a divorce. Another girl's kid got sick. We just had chaos happening. And we were like, we're just going to park that for 12 months. But we released this thing and we were like, had women queuing for tools, right time, right order, really low buying, like $19 a year we were mm. making it. And so um, we're making it really cheap for women to get involved and get some support about everything they're doing. So, um, but yeah, like that was the, our response was I was fuming. <laughs> like mm. you could have seen steam coming out of my ears and all these women were like, what's our response here? And one of the discussions we had very early on was like, he was kind of right. We aren't making as much money as boys. We're not. It's not fair. We get all of that. But our job now, and I've really resigned to myself the fact that I'm in my mid thirties. I'm like, I'm going to see some amazing changes in my lifetime, but I'm doing this for the next generation. Mm. Yep. And, that, and that's exactly why I do things too. Yeah. Plant, plant the tree of the shade you'll never sit under. That's really... You know, perfect time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. Yeah. If not, it's today. Yeah, that's right. But you might as well have fun doing it. You might as well enjoy your life as well. Oh, yeah. If you don't... If my, my like, core value... This has been, like, such a, such a like... Because you, Karen, you and I are both pretty fun people. Like, this has been, like, here's heaps of information for it. If... I knew going into this, we were going to have fun with this podcast because <laughs> I will not do things if it's not fun. It's such a high value of mine. doesn't mean I don't take it seriously. I absolutely take it seriously. But if I'm not having fun or having a laugh doing it, what's the point? I'm as well yeah. get a nine to five job. Thanks. <laughs> oh, no, I can't do that. I'd hate it. <laughs> like, I just think I'd be, I'd be the worst trying to rein me in now. I'd be like, I've got all these ideas. No, no, come together. Uh, no, no, thank you. Now, speaking of um, men and, you know, you jumping the table and that, um, you are a <laughs> bit of a tough, ballsy chick. So Yeah, that's uh, been said. <laughs> how do you think men see you? Um, at least six men have described me as terrifying. So <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, I, I think there's kind of, I bring two, two things out in people. One, I'm not afraid. I, I'm not backwards about coming forwards. I'll very much tell you, you know, and I'm, I'm, but remember this isn't from a place of cruelty. This is just mm. like, I'm here and I have an opinion and I'm unapologetic about that. I'm, you know, honesty without tact is cruelness mm. and I'm definitely not that. So when I'm talking about being a bit ballsy, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to own who I am and I'm not scared of that and I'm not scared of my power and that's the part that's intimidating for men. Mm. So if we start looking at, um, yeah, I've certainly brought out some, some – guys either love me or hate me. <laughs> it's one of the two reactions. They're like, you are the greatest chick I've ever met in my entire life or I want nothing to do with you, go away. Because it depends on how they're – because women are, you know – I've had a few men call me intimidating – and I always thought that was really funny because I'm not intimidating. I'm actually lovely and kind and sweet and bubbly and all of those things. I'm not intimidating. You're intimidated. Yeah. There is a huge difference. Yep. Big difference. Huge difference. And me listening to you and being smarter than you should be intimidating to you. It should be. Absolutely. I'm not going to apologize for that though. I'm a woman of distinction. You will feel me when I enter a room and that is exactly how I will be for, to the, the end of my days. Well, that's actually a good way to be and it's a good way for a lot of people to try and be. You know, when you walk into that room, you should be going, bam. Most people won't and most people don't. You know, and, and a lot of it's not to do with the fact that they could or can't. You could could do that or could not do that. It's the fact mm. that they haven't got the um, self-confidence. You know, they just haven't got the courage to um, to really, really appreciate themselves for who they are. And don't get me wrong, that there are days where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this event. I don't want to, and I just want to sit, take a bit of a back seat. 
that is absolutely fine. And that is, I'm human, right? Like mm. we just, we don't get to live in that all the time. But at the same time, like, I'm just not going to be unapologetic for, for who I am. Like I'm an expert in a, a few things and business yeah. is one of those things. And I'm going to happily be that person and I'm going to happily be who I am. Like, I'm not scared to love somebody and take care of them and to do all of that. But I'm also not scared to tell you that you're wrong. Mm. We'll be like, I don't agree with that. How about we discuss how we can move forward with this? I'm not afraid to, to be who I am and I'm not going to apologize for that. No, and I can see how people would take that as intimidating, but you're right. It's it's the fact that they are intimidated. You're not intimidating. I get it. But the, you've got another great quote. I've got to say this one. Mm. We are the granddaughters of the witches you failed to burn. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I just, I did all this kind of, like, we noticed sort of having this joke for a while about um, watching, so I love true crime. Like I'm, girl, I'm a law enforcement girl, right? Like I still love that kind of world. True crime, totally my thing. And I was watching a few documentaries. So Netflix, firstly, if you're listening to this, can you up your game of your, your docos, please? Because Amazon Prime is killing it right now. And I was watching one on the Salem witch trials, and we were talking about how immediately we would be the first ones killed because these, you know, we're looking at the witch's handbook, which is like the most blood-soaked book in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how they burnt all these women at stake who were opinionated. Yeah. So, into yeah. a degree, we kind of bred out this trait of opinionated women <laughs> because mm. they were all burnt at the stake. And I was like, we are the grandchildren of <laughs> those mm. ones that you just didn't get. So, um, yeah, no, I can't take full credit for that one. That is, um, that one's been around for a while, but that's something that I've like fiercely passionate about. Is like, and you know, we are in the middle of the third wave of feminism. History is going to look back at this time and be like, you know, the Me Too movement, social media has really changed the game. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, well, I love that. Um, I love that quote. I love what you're saying. I've been hooked on Netflix. I've been watching um, Grace and Frankie. Oh, how good is that show? Oh, my God. I've, I've not watched TV in two years, maybe three years, and then I've sort of, once this, uh, you know, COVID-19 thing started, I said, you know what, we're going to change a few things around mm-hmm. here. We're actually going to stop stop working after dinner. We're going to – and look at me now. I've just shoved pizza down and now I'm interviewing you. But but anyway, <laughs> mo- mo- mostly – I got Uber Eats, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, we decided, no, we're going to just chill out, you know, sit on the couch, have a cup of tea. And so we thought we'll watch Netflix and we found Grace and Frankie. Oh, and isn't my, it brilliant? Yes, but – we binged watched at night, like we'd watch six episodes and then we'd say, should we go to bed? Uh, just one more. One more. Just one more. One more. And then it's got to the end and the, the next lot, like next episode, isn't coming out till 2021. I'm deeply concerned about this show for many reasons. So it's one, it's the greatest show and I'm not going to ruin it for anyone mm. about it. But Lillian Tomlin is obviously just a goddess in oh, her own right. Geez. She was, she's been she's was offered the cover of time magazine saying she was gay in the eighties and she knocked it back and sort of held that off for Ellen, which is really cool. Um, I was like, I'm not quite ready to be that person. Um, mm. sort of what, yeah, she's such an incredible woman. When you learn about her sort of history, Jane Fonda's amazing. The reason I'm really scared about the show, Carrie, because is just basically these poor, beautiful people are all very old. I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, are we going to see another season I'm like, where are we on the recording thing? Like, we're talking to some of these people like 85. I know. We well, actually, mm. looked it up the other day. I think um, Lily Tomlin's 80 and Jane Fonda's 82. And then you got, uh, I can't think of the 
Sam Waterston and and who's the... um, Um, Sheen, Martin Sheen. Yeah, Martin Sheen. But I tell you what, what I love about those women is that they've got a real strong view about older women in Hollywood, do you know, you yeah. know that that um, there's so exactly all the stuff you're saying. Do you know, it's like if you're not if you're not young and beautiful and everything else, you know, the men can be as aged as as they like, you know, and they yeah. become greyer and they become more uh, I can't think of the distinctive, you know. But but as the women get older and move on, they sort of get booted out of Hollywood. So these two have kind of really um, really sort of cemented that that's that's a whole lot of bullshit. And what's great about the film and you would agree about the show is that they're they're challenging their age you know they're going out doing yeah. all these things at at, at, the, at their age and they openly talk on the show about being in their 80s and that sort of stuff and you know it's a really good show not only is it funny as hell that lily tomlin she is a bloody scream she she <laughs> Gee, nothing gets past you she's yeah. just you know the the the, the wheat that grows across that and the oh, script writing and yep. again you know one of the huge shifts that we're seeing with with things like netflix and you know if, if you haven't figured this out a bit of a feminist um and just in a sense of not it you know just equality i don't want more rights i don't want less but everyone should have the same rights yes i agree yep so i'm not saying that i'm better i'm not saying that i'm worse what i am saying is that we should all be the same and care what color you are i don't care what gender you are i don't care yep. if you're lgbtiqa plus I just want you to have the same rights that I have. I agree. I agree. And it's heartbreaking yep. that in 2020 I'm still explaining to people that equality isn't pie because I want more doesn't mean you get less. Mm, exactly. So what I love about this show is it passes the Bechdel test, which is an incredibly powerful thing. It's not a conversation on men. Um, sure, it's based on relationship breakdowns, but to start with, but then it's about strong female relationships. Yeah. And I think how undervalued they are. Mm. Um, I can happily live without a partner or a boyfriend. If I lost my best friend or my sister, I don't know what I'd do. Okay. Mm. I was like, any boyfriend's replaceable. Any, my husband literally was replaceable. See ya. <laughs> um, so these are like, I can't live without my female relationships. And I think it just shows that power um, and that transition that it's no longer about, will he love me? Will he not? Things like TV shows, like you look at um, The Nanny was an incredibly powerful, funny comic show Mm. written by Fran Drescher. And one of her, you know, things that she spoke about was, I just wish we'd had more about the relationships internally and not just about the romance relationship because it could have had a lot more depth to it. That show Mm. brings depth because it brings really strong, powerful relationships. And isn't that the point? Mm. Right, you've got me all reflective now, and I'm oh, now going to get <laughs> yes. now, now going to get my brain back into podcast business mode. But now I'm sort of thinking, dreaming about Grace and Frankie, you know, <laughs> and then the nanny, and you know, all these wonderful, wonderful things. But anyway, so let me ask you: I've got um, if what are the top tips? So if people want to, you know, really position themselves and you know, like claim their stake in a certain area or a certain field or mm. whatever. Give us a few good tips for people to follow. So the first thing you have to be able to do is you have to be able to name what problem you solve. Yep. It bewilders me how many people cannot answer that very simple question. Who are you and what problem do you solve? If you can answer both of those, positioning is a walk in the park. 
The next thing you need to do is get your personal brand right. Yeah. And who you are. So, as you've heard, unapologetic, female, feminist, funny, enjoys comedy, enjoys, you know, enjoys... Yes, I have a podcast called Women Aren't Funny. It's obviously a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and because guess who I interview? Funny, hilarious women, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is talking about. We're literally doing a comedy show next year called Women Aren't Funny. There's another one that I really loved as well that I just met the creator of, and it's called... Um, a comedy show with only funny women and they've only uh, only funny comedians and they've only cast women which I just love because <laughs> like so many times I'm like watch male comedians I'm like you're okay and the women are killing it um so all of this stuff like a really strong personal brand like I if you ever see me I will be in black denim always I might have a floral print not uncommon but there'll be denim coupled mm. with it shorts jacket whatever denim it's just literally a feminine side with quite a masculine energy my personal brain is on point i know when i swear i know how i'm going to wear my hair i will always look very similar in every single photo that is taken of me mm. every time i wear flannies is that okay as a brand or that is your brand fine with that <laughs> but your brand is pretty similar yours is like black usually like a dark colored t-shirt Yep. You look largely very similar. You have pretty much a similar haircut. You don't, you know, for me, I choose to wear makeup. That's my choice to do that. I know that you don't do that. Yep. But I don't wear a lot. I wear mm. eyeliner, mascara, and that's enough just to make me not look tired. Because I've tried not wearing makeup and people say, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> because I've taught laughed, them sorry. what I, no, no, I'm serious. <laughs> like if I wanted to, if I ever wanted a day off work when I worked in law enforcement, God, God help me if my ex-boss is this. If I ever wanted a day off, I just wouldn't wear makeup. I wouldn't wear eyeliner and mascara and I'd just wear, I'm not feeling real crushed up today. Be like, take tomorrow off. You'll feel better. Yes, I will. How interesting. So <laughs> this is the, this is the thing that, um, you know, personal braining, knowing who you are and how you dress and how you present in the world. So I can say things like, um, you know, use social media quotes, like not to brag, but six men have found me terrifying because it's very much in alignment with who I am. Yeah. If I was out saying, um, you know, opportunities are like glitter. If you have an opportunity, it's everywhere. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you'd be like, are you all right? Yeah. What's this? What, what, vo this is the voice of a crazy person. You need to have, you know, really congruent. So the two, the three things that I would say from the outset that you need to know is who are you and what, what, what do you do and what problem do you solve? Yeah. So my problem is 97% of women failing in the first five years. I'm going to help fix that because part of the thing is we aren't stepping up and owning our stuff and that's not what that looks like and blah, blah, blah. But that's exactly who I am, what problem I solve and who, where I'm going. Yep. And what about um, what's the biggest mistake that you see people make when they're trying to create their own brand? They try to replicate what someone else has done. Mm, good point. So it's, and it's very easy to do super easy to do so they do things like oh I saw um I'll use myself as an example so I have a very strong alignment with um so my values and my beliefs and how I think has been shaped by a lot of external stuff mm. so that podcasting that's documentaries that's books that's education that's formal that's you know conversations I have with other people all of these things make up our beliefs right one of the people that has really helped influence that is Gary Vaynerchuk. He is outright one of my absolute business icons because of the way that he speaks and being unapologetic. That has mm. helped influence how I am. 
I would never go and look at people like Marie Folio and be like, I need to dress like her. I need to act how she does. I need to copy her mannerisms. We think, and because it's like, well, they've done it and they've been successful. I'll do the same thing. Mm. It's so disingenuous that it's easily seen through. Yep. So I've been doing um, every night doing a song and I, you know, my thing is my T-shirt or my flanny and my trackies yeah. or jeans. So you're telling me that I'm I'm not going to be any good if I go out in my glitter dress tomorrow. I'm not saying that you won't be good. You'll be as good as you are. <laughs> but, okay, let's do an experiment, Karen. Let's do it. Tomorrow I want you to wear a dress. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I don't even... No, do it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> but if you wear something that's completely off-brand for you, like you go and I'll, I'll give you my pink jumper from Kmart. No, no. If you, if you go, you're just like, I don't want to do any of that. So your brain is so consistent. These, you know, if you would do things like, you know, um, grow your hair long and only wear braids and wear floral arrangements in your hair, people would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> they would, wouldn't they? Here? They would, absolutely. And so what happens, this is the thing. So we take someone like Karen and we try to dress them up into dresses and hair. And when people like, I've done photo shoots where photographers, uh, you know, particularly in the US, and I'll speak about my own personal experience. I did a photo shoot for LA, um, mag- like one of the LA magazines there. And it was about Australian domination and about how Aussies, which is totally true, are really taking over the entrepreneur space in the US at the moment. Oh, good. Because um, we're, we're literally writing the coattails of like the Hemsworth brothers, of Rebel Wilson, because mm. Aussies are trustworthy. So he's photo shooting the like, we're going to get you against this like um, floral arrangement and we're going to, and they gave me a dress to wear and I was like, I'm not wearing any of that. I was like, this is just so incongruent with who I am. Like it was a bright purple dress. Oh, but that's your brand. I'm like, my brand has definitely got purple in it. But, like, I'm not wearing this dress. It's not happening. So I wore my own dress and they got a pink background. And it's, like, a photo I use all the time. But it's got a lot of denim, a lot of, like, me just looking cool rather than this floral. They wanted me to, like, hold flowers and stuff. I'm like, I'm not doing any of this. It's awful. I, th- I think I'm looking at this picture right now as you're speaking. you got one hand in your po- a denim jacket pocket, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, that's the photo. Yeah, like, man. they want to put me in, like, a really long purple dress and for me to hold flowers and have, like... Oh, no, But no. it was, like, a very floral thing. And I was like, well, if I can wear denim... Like, and I was trying to figure out how to make it work for them. And I was like, please just trust me on this. We'll get better shots because it's more congruent with who I am. Mm. So that you heard it, guys, the biggest mistake, don't bloody try to be somebody else. Be yourself, embrace who you are, be authentic and bloody let it rip. That would be a much more succinct way of putting it. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought so. I was just working on that. I've been working Nailed on it. Nailed it. Nailed it, Karen. Thank you. <laughs> That's a pleasure. Now, because this is the uh, Get Off The Bench podcast and I'm trying to encourage as many people as possible to grab that thing that, you know, they've just been thinking about doing or whatever, they haven't got their guts or their self-doubt is, you know, giving them grief or they just don't have the belief in themselves or they think it's not the t- right time, it's not the right place, I haven't got the right money. What advice would you give them to, you know, getting a wriggle on? Such a, such a good question because I've sort of got two answers for this. The first one is <laughs> you're never going to feel like it. Hmm. So, you know, being an adult is rough because it just literally like we flick over to 18 and then, you know, our parents have always been the people telling us what to do generally or gardens or caregivers. Like we were told to, you know, 
my job, if if you're a parent now, your job is to parent your kids, right? Yeah. Or to be like, get off the damn, get off the damn Xbox, go eat some vegetables. Eventually, we that stops happening, and then we have to parent ourselves. Mm. But the problem is, we never do stuff in our own best interests. And here's the problem with this. Let me be very clear here. This is kind of tailing into my second piece of advice. You're never gonna feel like it. So if you're if you listen to that voice, that's like. Oh, maybe we just need to lose another five kilos, or maybe we need to save another two thousand dollars, or maybe we need to. It, you're hitting your own emergency break because you're trying to do something that you've never done before, and your body doesn't know what to do with that. It's actually mm. a stress response, um, and it's like, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I better stop. Ooh, or t- our body just does this thing of like we try to protect ourselves mm. from failure because if we fail, we're going to get ostracized from the group, and that's very old innate um emergency function we have from tribal times Mm. again education and learning why and how we do things super important when you're trying to do this game to understand what's happening to you Mm. the other thing the other thing is you're never going to feel like it but you have to learn to be motivated and to push yourself to do things. Because you're never always going to feel like doing something. Mm. So you're going to have to kind of make yourself do stuff every now and again. You're going to have to really parent yourself in this situation. So, um, yes, you're going to have moments where you're like, I don't know if I want to do this. But the world is already trying to tell you who you are. Like, mm. you you know, you have people who are already trying to pull you into a box. And you've already got people. It's already hard enough. Why would you go and kick yourself at da- while you're down at the same time? Yep. So you kind of have to parent yourself, but do it in a loving, caring way because you're not always going to get be motivated. So you're going to have to learn how to be um, uh, focused and learn how to do mm. things for yourself out of your own value. Yep. And stop waiting for all your ducks to be in a line because they're never – It's I've squirrels at a rave every day and you're just going to figure it out. And I think, you know – We have to remember, and it's probably the biggest takeaway that I can give anyone that I speak to, is that we think of transformation as being this kind of big thing that's going to happen in the future. Mm. We say this is like one day I'm going to start my podcast and one day I'll be named the number, you know, I'll be on that list with Jemima, one of the top 10 entrepreneurs in Australia. I'm going to earn a million dollars. Well, here's the thing. Transformation has never been a future event. It is always been a present day activity Mm. yep we just think we you have to recognize that every single thing that you do matters because and like it's a difference we have to act like everything we do makes a difference because it does Mm. i didn't wake up one day and someone was like hey jemima we've been thinking about it you'd be a really great entrepreneur how about you go and do that and we'll just give you an award in 12 months no one told me to do it I had to kind of take what was mine and be like, yeah, cool. I'm going to have to own this and I'm going to have to do this and I'm going to have to work really hard and do that. And that was never the goal was to win awards or anything. But I followed the process and I followed the path of it because this overnight success thing does not exist. No, it doesn't. No. I wish it did. Like if someone figures this out, call me, yo. I'm in. Oh, me too, because then I can watch more Grace and Frankie and just sit back and wait. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fund it. I mean, this live performance is just some improv for me. Thanks. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you do a bit of improv too. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, um, so that was a real game changer for me. I had sort of been trapped in law enforcement for <laughs> trapped. Interesting language I chose <laughs> to use then, right? Um, so I'd been in law enforcement for 10 years and I was like sort of I was driving. I was moving from Perth to Canberra. I'd been transferred and I was dry. I literally drove the Nullarbor. That's a really long way. And I was listening to Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. And I'd always loved um, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? And mm. these comedy shows like Thank God You're Here. Yep. And I was listening that you could do improv classes. And she's talking about doing classes. I'm like, you can learn to do that. Turns out you could and you could do it in Canberra. So I started, got, I arrived on a Thursday and I started classes on the Tuesday. So within five days I was in my first class and I met some of my best friends. I met my, um, you know, some of the best people I know, some of my truest friends, I met my ex-husband there and we were, you know, happily together for seven years. So it actually changed my life, but it made me a better speaker. It made me a better human. It Mm. made me more confident, um, in, Knowing, you know, Karen, at no point did I say to you, like, I need all the questions before I need to know. I trust the process. Mm. I trust that I know what I'm doing. I trust that when I go out on stage and, you know, it was a really defining moment for me. Um, I was in LA doing my first ever real, like they've paid for me to go business class. Like, I, you know, I'm feeling absolutely like, like a little bit of an imposter. <laughs> like somehow I was like waiting for them to call me on the plane and be like, yeah, we've made a mistake. You're the wrong Jemima Ashley. Like I was like, I've suddenly got this gig and they pay me and I'm staying in this like really fancy hotel and it's really nice and I'm excited. And, um, I get on stage and I've got like 2000 people in the audience. I'm like, this is gonna be awesome. And the, the, the AV systems die. Oh shit. So I have no PowerPoints, which all explain everything I'm talking about. And for most people, like they would die if that happened. Right. Mm. Like I'm just after, I'm just like before lunch, which is like this key place. If you're a speaker, you want this coveted spot. And I was like, this is terrifying. <laughs> and I was like, cool guys. So I have a PowerPoint. Now I need everyone to, and I just got the whole audience to pretend that the PowerPoints were working. I was like, here's what I need. I need you guys to all acknowledge how good I could see them. They couldn't. And so I could follow what I was talking about. They couldn't see anything. And I was like, so I'm going to change the PowerPoint. Everyone ready? And I was like, so let's give a round of applause. And they're seeing black. Like, they're not seeing anything. I'm like, let's all give this a round of applause. Yeah. And everyone just starts applauding. I was like, and I just got them to play a game with me. And then when the PowerPoint started again, the entire audience goes into Russia. I'm like, see, guys, I told you. Great PowerPoints. (laughs) How good are they? (laughs) And it became this, like, story about this one girl who, like, this one time had this. And I was like, yeah, this is the beautiful thing about PowerPoints is that like in, you know, during improv, I would have freaked if I hadn't have learned Mm. to just be like, cool. Have you ever seen someone fail so hard on stage that it's uncomfortable? Oh, I have. Yeah. Do that in a classroom with 30 people and not a thousand. Mm. Learn improv. Like improv is just, it's just improvisational theater. It's comedy. It's games. It's make-believe for adults. Mm. So fun. And that's where women aren't funny comes from because there is a, there is a big school of thought of, that women aren't funny and that, you know, <laughs> I don't like Chinese food. Men and women don't find the same things funny. So generally, as a general rule, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. I don't like all female comedians. I don't like all male comedians. Mm. We all like different things. Yeah. But to say an entire gender aren't funny because they're a woman is kind of ridiculous. I don't like Chinese food. I'm not going to sit here for an hour telling you why Chinese food doesn't exist. 
Now stop it. Now listen, I've just shoved a pizza down my neck and now you're talking about Chinese food and you Oh now I want Chinese hang food. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Friday night, ma'am, we've got this. And speaking of Friday night, you know, not, not that we're going to catch up, but, you know, you've, uh, you were, like you were in Canberra and then you moved back down to Gippsland, which is where, you, where you're from, East Gippsland. Mm. And then, so we're not actually, when you're actually at home in Gippsland, we're only like 10 minutes from each other. So we used to catch mm. up all the time. And then you just suddenly mm. uh, pissed off to Melbourne and in this beautiful um, apartment, by the way, and... And um, I'm kind of hanging to come and have a little sleepover, a little slumber party with you. A thousand percent. Spare room is set up um, anytime. Well, and of course, we've been living through the COVID phenomenon. So everyone, like, I moved at the very start of all of this. Like, you know, I'd heard of it and knew it was a thing. And then I moved into the apartment and literally we were put into lockdown. And I was like, hey, I'm back in Melbourne. Is everyone, what's everyone gone? It was just like overnight, <laughs> literally the day that they were like, everything's closing yeah. was the day I got the keys. And I was like, tw- like I was, and I'm talking, I just moved back from the US. Like I had, I needed to buy, like remember everyone was panic buying. Mm. I needed salt, pepper, flour, rice. I needed everything. <laughs> like I didn't have one scrap of food the day that I moved in. Or, or toilet paper? How'd you go with that? None of it. Yeah. None of it. I had literally big bird and steeled from people around my kind of local area. <laughs> but um, it was almost like this just moment of like, and then it, like, of course, I have to go to the supermarket and buy all this stuff. So I've got a trolley and I'm, I went to four supermarkets to break it up because I didn't want to, you know, again, not being a jerk, I don't want to take too much from the shelves. Mm. So, yes, I needed everything, but I didn't want to take it all from one location because I just also knew that there were vulnerable people who didn't have that opportunity to have that affordability to go to different places, um, you know, and $500 later and was like four bags of stuff. Oh this is ridiculous. God. When you're buying oil and flour and stuff, it was it was rough. Well, at least you cared about other people because there was a damn sight lot of people who didn't give us stuff about others and... But anyway, we, we won't go down that path. We'll, I mean, we'll, that's we'll, another four-hour discussion. But I think just, you know, I have one life rule and it's just like, don't be a dick. And I don't yeah. know how difficult that is. And, you know, through this whole thing, I just don't want to kill anyone else. I agree. Oh, I absolutely agree. I'm okay if I got sick. I think I would be all right. The issue is I don't want to kill anyone else. Well, I don't, I don't want to test it. And, and <laughs> let's, let's not find out. But if I had to take a bullet for, if I have to have it or someone else has it, I'll take it hands down. I think I'll be okay. Yeah. And this, uh, this, the COVID-19 thing hasn't really affected you for your work because most of your, most of your work, apart from the speaking, and, the, and I'm in the same situation, mm. you know, can't speak to groups, but um, other than on Zoom, like I've been doing a few of those, but most of your work is online anyway. So, you know, you... You were saying before that you haven't really been that affected by it. So yeah, that's look, a really good thing. I, You know, absolutely. I will say, you know, I lost 40,000 and I'm being very open about this um, in speaking gigs overnight. So that was mm. certainly that that tight butt moment of, um, mm. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> like it was just that that one day of like, this is really bad. And, you know, things have recovered now and it's, it's starting to get better and those events will be rescheduled and that's how that goes. And you know, that's 20 engagements over the course of a year. But also, like, I was meant to be overseas now. I'm about to be back in the US. And that's now another 12 months before I'm even going to look at getting on another plane. Yep. Yep. It's for a speaker. It's, uh, yeah. But anyway, you know what it is? It's, it's, um, it's life or death. You know, it really is. It truly does come down to that. And it's just like, you're exactly right. Just don't be a dick for 12 months. Yeah. Just, that's, just, that's just, no, no, not just 12 months, ever. 
just don't be a dick. Like oh, that you're forever. Be, that's just really like a life goal of mine is at the end of this whole thing and the punchline, whatever it is, you know, hopefully I get to get to like to a judgment thing. They're like, you know what? You really lived up to you. Don't be a dick thing. And it comes down to just like, well, I would hope someone's not a dick to me. Yep. <laughs> when I don't need that. And I think, you know, that's what can attract people in to your, to, to your life and your energy is when you meet people and you're like, oh, genuinely, you're not a dick. And, you know, because I hope you don't mind me telling the story of how we met, but we did, I did a speaking engagement where you were there. And like, so halfway through, um, we had a break or something and there was a guy who was an absolute dick that was there. It was a dick. It was such a mm. dick. And you said to me later, like, hey, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah, sure. What's up? You're like, oh, you look happy to have a chat. And I was like, should, should I not be? Like, I was just like, are you okay? Are you normal? <laughs> and you started laughing and it was like immediately you're like, you're cool. I like you. And it, again, like it was that like speaking to like of opportunity <laughs> meeting just like the way you're like, hey, can, can can I talk to you? And I was like, of course I can. What's up? <laughs> um, just, I'm like, should I, should I not want to talk to you? Is, are you okay? Are you going to stalk me or something? Something going on here? And you were like, ah, you're really funny. I was like, yeah, we're friends now. This is it. I remember that. But, oh, that was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. But this is the, the energetic thing for each other. Like we have to, you know, we have to love the people that are around us and, you know, don't be a dick. What's the point? And, you know, you know, one of the things about comp like, don't compete. Oh. And women, like, just stop. Like, it, you know, and we're starting to figure it out now. And I was having this discussion with someone from an improv school the other day. And it was like, men have made us compete against each other. Oh, if they go with a girl, it'll be between you and Susan. I'm like, don't let, don't get fooled on this shit. You're not against Susan. You're against everybody. Mm, exactly. And so women are figuring it's collaboration versus exactly. competition thing a lot more now. We're starting to get that way more together um, and just being like, we're not in competition with each other. We should be supporting each other. Exactly. And competition for everyone. Went out in the 80s, for Christ's sake. That's so old, that So crap. boring. I know. It's so, I've actually given up jobs in the past and not because I've felt intimidated, but, but you know, between two of us and somebody's competing so hard against me, I've just walked away and said, oh, fucking hell. Oh, I, I swore, but have it, do you know, just have it because I, I cannot tolerate competition. You know, it's not, it's not about being um, intimidated or being fearful or feeling like I'm going to fail. I just cannot stand to be in the arena, in the arena with people competing like that. I just cannot fucking stand it. You know, and it's, it's really, it's a real challenge because it, in this, you know, um, I remember knowing a coach who I definitely won't be naming and she was like, you took my client. Oh. And I was like, they were never your client if they signed with me. And I was like, I didn't take them, you know, have a chat with them. I just have a much clearer direction of what I'm selling. I know what my promise is. You're going to be in 10 media um, outlets by the end of the month. And people go, I get that. And she was like, I'm going to help you get your mindset sorted. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, be clear about what problem you solve, what problem you do. Like, what do you do? What problem do you solve? What's your promise here? Well, this is the result I'm going to get you all your money back. Like, know, know your facts on here. Mm. And I was like, we're not in competition with each other. Mm. We're not. And comp competition is really difficult because no one wins then. No. No, that's right. And we've been pitted against each other long enough. Like, it's exhausting. And we've been tricked into it a lot of the time without realizing what was happening. Yep. 
it is a submissive kind of control thing. And I'm not saying all men have done it and not all men and all of that, but it existed for a long time and we fell for it because we didn't know better. We know better now and we're having better communication. Absolutely. Look, I look at all, all the friends I'm friends with, like I've got such amazing friends, you know, people like mm. you, but we, we don't, none of us compete. We actually, we actually support each other and cheer each other's success along, you know, and that's what it's about. Success isn't pie. You have a lot of success. Great. It's not finite. It's like creativity, right? The more that you use, the more likely you're going to get. And, you know, one of the discussions, because it certainly we've had is like, um, you know, I remember you saying to me, you should liaise with this person. It's not a good fit for me, but it might be for you. Like you handed a speaking engagement over and a, an immediate contact. And I was like, Hey, thanks. Mm. And like, same thing. If I had someone, um, you know, come to me and it's like, I really want to have someone talk about leadership in businesses and empowerment and getting people up and motivated. I'm like, do I have the person for you? This isn't about making me fit for the role. It's about who fits for that role and how can exactly. I support someone else in getting that. And, you know, just be, and isn't that nicer? Much. And they're not turning around to me like, and I want 20% and I want you to put a good word for me. No, like I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to keep track. I don't want to have to worry about that. But I want to put good things out into the world and be less selfish. And I tell you what, my life has been everything once I figured this out of like the more that I give, the more that I get back yep. because universally that's how this goes. What goes around comes around. Yep. Don't be a shit person. Watch yeah. what magic will happen. Spot on. Spot on. Well, I reckon there's no better way, no better time to wrap it up on such a high note about give love. Yes, 100% give love. Just give love, for God's sake. You know, don't be a it's dick. No, nah, it's not wishy-washy. Give love and don't be a dick. And that's just, yep. that's the best That's the best we can give. Yeah. So where can people find you? So you can find me over on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram or at JemimaAshley.com. There is a ton of free downloadables that you can go and get right now to help you answer questions like, what problem do I solve? Who am I? How can I get seen? How can I get more exposure? Um, and of course we have the mass exposure formula, which you can get right now, which will outline everything that you need to do to get 10 media engagements this week. Fantastic. And that's on your website? Yes, absolutely. First thing that will pop up and be like, download this thing. And you're going to go, yes, please. And you're going to give me your email address and I'll send it straight over to you. Fantastic. Well, I think I better go and grab that. I think I've seen it before, but I might grab <laughs> the, I might grab the final copy. You want to be on TV? That's where you start. That's where you start, baby. <laughs> fantastic and facebook is just jemima ashley yeah i think so <laughs> look you know there's not too many of me i'm sure if you chuck it in anywhere you'll find a hundred interviews and a thousand photos and you might even see that one of a pink wall with me with a denim jacket oh i reckon that's on there i reckon i've seen that a hundred percent i would believe and that. and instagram as well so oh well, well that's fantastic i've enjoyed this this has um, been a really pre- pleasurable conversation and always good speaking to you but um you know, missing missing that coffee, but we'll get there. <laughs> we will get there when things are open and we're not gonna potentially kill each other or other No, people. we are not gonna kill each other. So We are not we are not dicks. <laughs> well thank thank you so much for joining me and um really, really have loved it. So I'll um yeah, I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Kaz, it's been an honor. Oh, guys, how was that? Dead set. Now, look, if you want to get your your stuff off the ground, you want to get a brand happening, you want to know who you are, you want to know a problem yourself, you want to be noticed, you want to lay your stake in the ground, go and have a look at Jemima's website. I'll say it again, Jemima Ashley. 
dot com and it's Ashley as in A S H L E I G H dot com. Now go and have a look because seriously, that the the information that she's been giving you is so simple and um, so many people screw it up, but just go and do it. And it depends what you're trying to do, of course, but if you're trying to do, you know, do a side hustle or a business or something like that. Just just do it and back yourself. Like she's saying, you know, walk into that room with presence and just back yourself. Anyone can do it. You just got to trust yourself and stand up. Anyway, this has been a really great conversation. So go give Jemima some love. And I can't wait to see you again next week or at least talk to you again next week. I wish I could see you and have a great week. Righto, see you later. Ciao. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.